Thinking about moving to Albany, New York, or just want to know what it's like there? You're in luck. We've got Samantha Parker. I even practiced that not two seconds ago. Samantha <laughs> Parker, realtor right up there in Albany, New York with us today. This is Want to Move There, the show giving all humans, uh, Sam, I used to say central Pennsylvanians because it was kind of geared towards us moving out, where, out somewhere, but I realized anybody could be watching anywhere on the planet and decide whether they want to move somewhere. This information could be used for all humans, so we're giving all humans uh, the info they need to decide whether or not they want to move to whatever place we're talking about uh, Albany, New York today. I am Derek Bixler, your host, realtor of 15 years right here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up on the hill in Harrisburg, went to Mechanicsburg High School, go Wildcats, went up to Penn College of Technology for college and been back here ever since. Had a few sales jobs before I started selling real estate 15 glorious years ago. Uh, if you need to buy or sell a home, please reach out to me, call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. We still need inventory pretty badly here in uh, November of 2021. And we will talk to Samantha about what it's like up in Albany in a second. A uh, reminder that whether you are watching live or on a replay, ask a question in the comments. Uh, if we don't see it while we're going here, because there's a lot going on and I don't think the guest sees it happen, actually. I think I'm the only one that sees a little red ding. And there's, like I said, too much going on. So if we don't see it, we will come back later and address it. And a reminder that all the replays are on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, not soon on iTunes and Spotify. Got to delete that. Um, it's there. When this airs, it's there all the places. Uh, so wherever you like to get your content, it's there. Please uh, subscribe and like and click the little bell and whatever you need to do so you hear from us. And without further ado, I will bring in Samantha. Um, and Samantha, while I bring up your bio information to read, say hello and tell us what's the last movie you watched? Ooh, okay. The last movie that I watched Oh, this is terrible. Of course. Or I series. I don't remember. A series? Okay, I'm watching Hannah right now on Amazon Prime. Yep, that's what I'm watching. The one, the, the series that I just completed, let's see, I just finished You, season three. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm, you I'm keeps... a binger of series. Yeah, the, the mm -hmm. Hannah one, that's a, like a, she's like an adventure girl. She's like an assassin or something, right? Yes. Yes, she's a little like uh, Laura Craft. Yep, she's a little assassin. She's a total badass who is, I have yet to learn more. I'm only on episode four of season one. So, um, but the more that I learn, the more I realize like she's literally a genius in a 15 year old body who could kill 12 people with four simple steps. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome. I think there was a movie. I think I saw a movie with that, and it seems like something you would like probably. Um, what about you? Is that that's on Netflix? I feel like you is being shoved in my face every time I open some app, and I haven't watched it yet. It's very dark, and it's really the first season had me hooked because it's like this could really happen, and there are probably people in this world that really do this on some level. Even the small level, I think most of us do it when we start like sort of stalk people on social media to learn who they are. Um, but this goes like 12 levels deep where, you know, there's an obsession and it's it's a little dark. I have to admit, you know, I'm probably um, it's probably a little concerning that I like some of this dark stuff, but uh, I'm not dark hearted by nature at all. So I think there's a uh, sort of like this. I don't know, this weird like curiosity of how these people like come to be. So I love documentaries as well. Probably watch a lot more documentaries than I do series. 
Okay. Yeah. Whatever helps you escape. That's whatever you're doing. My thing's comedy. Um, but I, I think it, it, at face value, I think dark, you would think the person's dark and comedy, they're a happy person. But I think the opposite is actually true. I mean, most comedians are crazy psycho people and the people that can watch dramas and stuff are probably like fine with it. I need some drama in my life. I got no action. Yeah. I need to, some vicarious action maybe or something. Um, yeah. So what did you watch when you were young? You were born in Salt Lake City, right? When you were younger. Mm -hmm. Tell me your uh, favorite cartoon when you were younger. Oh, that's, there were so many. Care Bears, Scooby-Doo, Flintstones. Um, oh, I loved, was it Voltron or He-Man? Like what was the one where, oh, and I love Thundercats. That was a big one. Ooh, yes, Shitara. You probably like Shitara on the Thundercats. Yes. Nice. I like yeah. that. But so you grew up in Salt Lake City, but then you moved to the capital region uh, when you were around four. So most of the mm -hmm. cartoon watching and all that happened in the capital region. And you said before yeah. we got on air, you moved around a whole bunch of times. I forget how many times. Uh, oh, like but... 24 times in the area here. Yeah. Yeah, and you can explain if you want to why that was, but um, it doesn't really matter. You were in the same place where you are now, pretty much born and raised. I think that counts as born and raised if you moved there at yes, four. Um, you much. went to, let's see if I can see, say this the right way, Shen and I'm never going to say it now, and now that we're on air. <laughs> Shenandahoah, you say it, your high school. Shenandahoah. 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 It's close to the Shenandahoah. Very large. How many per class? I graduated with 750 kids. Actually, only 650 walked um, graduation day. So, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty school. big. Mm -hmm. Twice ours, I think. We have one around here that's like 1,200 or something like that, that's which big. is pretty nuts. So, was that that's is that like, that like college. the it is it is the campus is like a i think they call it a campus it's it's huge if you want to play sports that's not the place you want to go because you got to be like the best in the state just to make the team let alone start or play or anything so i'd rather go to a little bit smaller school was is that the uh that's not albany high school there's like a, a city albany high school yeah there's a the city of albany high school yep so where i grew up and went to high school is about uh 30 minutes north of where i live now i live in the heart of albany which is the city of albany and um and where i went to high school is about 30 minutes north more of a rural community actually when i was growing up there it was a lot of farmland and then became really developed very quickly the school district bought a lot of land in that area um, and that's how it got to be such a large school um, then quickly, I would say between first and seventh grade, um, the biggest thing that we had there that everybody raved about was um, Friendly's and Denny's. And then Applebee's opened just before I went to high school. And that was a big deal. And then, then a lot of other like mom and pop places had opened and had been there. Well, they had been there, but for chains, those were the big things. Those were the big places to go. Yeah, back when the chains were kind of like, it was cool and you couldn't wait to go eat it. I th I feel like it's changed. There was this curve where they were opening and we, you wanted to go eat there and they were special for some reason, but now it's kind of like, they're all, I, I would wreck the, the homegrown ones, the ones that were probably there the whole time and we were all waiting for Applebee's to open and Denny's and all these new things. Um, so you did go to Albany though for college um, at the mm -hmm. University of Albany, U of A, you called it, I think. Yeah, um, 
for the communications and rhetoric for, and they dropped the rhetoric for the name of the, the major, uh, after this, you said you wanted to be a reporter or a journalist, uh, with that, that was the plan. Yeah. 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 I love asking questions. I love doing exactly what you're doing right now. I love learning about people. I love uh, diving deep with people and understanding their background and, um, just, more than surface level, understanding their thought process and how they ended up where they ended up. And so I loved that aspect of it. And I loved interpersonal where it's just small one-on-one. Um, and also that degree, you know, public speaking was a big thing. And I, and I actually really didn't enjoy public speaking at that time. Um, more so now I feel more confident and more comfortable in those types of settings, but I love reporting, finding something out and then sharing it with the world. So not only learning about other people, but also when I learn something, I love to share it as well. Um, And then that quickly changed for me. I ended up in restaurants um, and signed, um, not signed, but sealed my life away into the corporate world of opening a mom, helping a a local hospitality group grow and grow rather quickly. Um, And when that had happened, the Iraq war had just started and uh, what was being reported and what was actually happening were two different things. So as I was interning to become a reporter, I quickly decided that it wasn't for me. Yeah, with, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, here we are. And one thing led to another from restaurants into real estate. And that's where, where we are today. And it makes sense. Uh, you're a big moderator on Clubhouse, so saying that you're you like to share information, you like to ask questions, and all that kind of stuff makes a whole lot of sense because you're really good at what you're doing on there. Um, your your favorite color is blue, so I like you said I wore the favorite or the right shirt today, um, <laughs> and I think blue. I'd say seventy percent blue. Uh, maybe not 70, 60% blue, 30% pink, and maybe like one or two outliers so far in the episode. I should put it down. Um, a lot of blues, a yeah. lot of blues. Some people even specify the type of blue. What would your type of blue be? Sky blue. All right. I'm with you there. My yeah, favorite color used to be red. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the closest to it I could find. If it's too light, then it's you can't tell it's blue. I like a, the a most vibrant one. Um, your favorite food is cheeseburger with fries and peanut butter, not necessarily together. Um, although we, I think we both agree that fries in peanut butter without the ketchup might be uh, okay. You do have pets. You have two dogs, Biggie and Tiny. Um, tell the story about how you named them. <laughs> so... Uh, my ex is a huge fan of Biggie Smalls, so that was the first dog that we got. We got Biggie, and it's spelled B-I-G-G-I-E. And um, and then after about seven months, we realized, hey, look, we work so much. Let's get him a pal to kind of bounce around with, and it will help also with his energy. It was a very high-energy dog. So we got another dog, smaller, a little smaller. They look very similar, similar breeds, but um, he's a little smaller, and and I almost lost out. He was almost named Tupac because of Biggie and the Tupac feud. So uh, I quickly negated that and said, we, you know, we, we really ought to, you know, um, settle that feud and let's just do Biggie and Tiny. So, yeah. Tiny. Yeah, you don't want a dog gang war going on in your house, no, right? No, I don't want a dog gang war. It's already, they're at a very love-hate relationship still to this day and they're both 15 so you can imagine how many 
<laughs> how many little uh, spats there's been, and then also I'll catch them snuggling together. So they have a love hate. So do you take a break when, or do you overlap dogs, or how do you work that then? They're both 15. They're both 15. One is definitely still more spry than the other. Uh, the little guy, Tiny, he's got um, he's, his eyesight's kind of going and he's definitely has like onset dementia. So he's pacing a lot and really quick, funny story for you about that. When I brought him to the vet, when uh, he looked very frail and I was really scared of what they were going to tell me. And this was just uh, a few months ago. They were like, let's do blood work. So they did blood work and they came back and they're like, we don't really know what's going on with him because all of his internal organs, everything is running perfectly. He's got the blood work of a two-year-old pup. And I'm thinking, okay, so what, what's happening here? And then they noticed that he was pacing in the room and they're like, does he do this a lot at home? And I said, well, yeah. And they're like, maybe we need to up his calories. So do you imagine how I felt? I was like, I felt like the bad mama was starving her kids. Like, I was like, Oh, my gosh. And they were right. The moment I started feeding him three or four meals a day, he just started packing on the pounds. Huh. Now he's a little chunker. He's, you know, solid all the way through. And I thought, Oh, my gosh, look what just happened in less than six weeks, the guy put on the all, two and a half pounds on and he looks built. <laughs> wow. And he got a special food or just more food? So I decided to go back to making their own food. So I actually cook rice with uh, a protein and vegetables and I put a little bit of like uh, fat in it so that they get a little fat. And then um, I have vitamins that I sprinkle on top. So they get like a gourmet meal, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's why I don't, we used to have a dog. He lived till like 15 and I was like, I'll always have a dog. And then he died and we didn't have a dog for like six months. And I decided I, this is pretty sweet also. I don't, there's nothing to take care of. There's no fur, there's no walking. All of a sudden, we always had pets, cats, dogs, something growing up. And I always had allergies. You just have allergies. Dog went away, allergies went away. So wow, I was yeah. living this whole time not even knowing that the thing I chose to have around was doing the allergies. So, wow, um, but yeah. I do like dogs. Uh, so yeah, these guys, you, you know, these, these guys are hypoallergenic. So they, um, they have hair like we do, like when you pet them, it feels like, like hair and it doesn't, they don't shed. Um, but the walking part, the feeding part, the vet part. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I always say I'll get someday and it would be a hypoallergenic one for sure. Um, and then you also have a human son, stepson, um, mm -hmm. who is six, right? Yes. Yeah, he's six years old, and you have a longtime boyfriend, Brian, who is a father of a six-year-old stepson. And your hobbies mm -hmm. are yoga, and you want to start playing the violin. Mm -hmm. So um, what makes you want to play the violin? So growing up, I played the flute, I played the piano, um, and then I just hung instruments up and haven't touched an instrument in so many years. And... Uh, so part of me um, not long ago was thinking about how I really don't have any like hobbies right now that I'm doing. I, I'm very focused at work. I'm a workaholic. I've always have been a workaholic ever since age 12. And so for me, my I just thought to myself, my gosh, I, I don't really have anything outside of like spending time with friends and family. I don't really have like a hobby, something that I really get into. I like being living a healthy lifestyle. I like working out, which I really haven't done recently. I need to jump back in. But um, one of my 
things that I was thinking about is what can I do that um, could take up some time, but I'm really interested in. I've always had an affinity for the violin, so I'd love to learn it. So you'd rather, you said uh, flute and piano you played before, like pretty proficiently? Yeah, I was pretty good at both. Uh, I, in band, every time we had a recital or something in school, I was the lead um, flute uh, solo. And then that led to playing the piccolo too, which is a, a very handheld small version of the flute. Um, and the piano, I was really, really good at. I have long fingers. And so piano fingers, everyone would say. And uh, so I, I could get back into playing the piano as well. But I think I, I, there's something about the violin. I just, I think it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, you already know how to do one of those because it's frustrating. I think I started, I tried to start playing the guitar at like 35 or something. And I remember thinking, this is like when you're a kid, because I played the trumpet. So and there was a piccolo version of the trumpet. Um, you, know, you get one note out. You're like, wow, this is great. And it kind of keeps you going. And even just a little bit keeps you going. But now as an adult, I just want to smash the thing. And I just want it to like kind of work. So the opposite worked for me. But maybe if you're a little bit more patient than me, you'd be all right learning well, a new instrument. Yeah. No, you know, my, I feel really bad for my family. I'm sure that they're going to want to take it and smash it. A violin too, you can't really do silently. A piano, you could get a keyboard with earphones or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's fun. That's I wish you uh, luck on your quest for hobbies. And I got a bunch <laughs> I can throw your way. If you ever need an extra hobby, I have some to get rid of. Um, and you said you were a workaholic at 12. So what did what took you from starting to be a workaholic to selling real estate today? <laughs> I know that's oh a long gosh, time period, so but much. I know, I think, uh, I think that my motivation and my drive really comes down to independence. I've always wanted to be independent and always have a better lifestyle or better life than I had when I was growing up. Um, the way I grew up was really rough, uh, single parent household with no added income, no child support. Um, my mom at when I was three, I remember her teaching me. Um, if you make your bed, you're going to get 50 cents. And if you um, put this toast in the toaster and make breakfast for yourself, you get another 50 cents. Like she was paying me to help feed myself. And I think in her mind, you know, having struggled herself and also struggling still with a little one, I think in her mind that the greatest thing that she could ever teach me was independence and how to care for myself. And so when I was 12 and I wanted to have all the cool clothes that all the other kids had when I had hand-me-downs and they were ragged and torn, um, she was like, you want that shirt at the mall? This is what you gotta do. So I took crayons and pieces of paper and I wrote down uh, my, my mom's phone number, our phone number and said, pet sitter for hire. And I went door to door and I literally door knocked, uh, which is what I still do today in real estate. I door knock uh, looking for business, ironically enough. And, you know, um, that was how I got my first job and my first family that took a chance on me. And that's another funny story. They needed a pet sitter because uh, she the mom was pregnant. And so you can't be around cat litter boxes. And so she was like, I need someone to change the cat litter box. And then you can feed and clean um, their bowls and feed them, feed her and all that stuff. And then she's like, I have no job for you. And I said, okay, what is it? Now you have to imagine I'm 12, probably 70 pounds, not even soaking wet, very long, lanky, like 
girl with Coke bottle glasses, very awkward looking. And she's like, I got a job for you. If you can walk my dog around the block, then you got the job. You, you got another job. I, I need you here every day then. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh. So my mom was with me because when I door knocked on these doors, she was riding in her car. So she pulled in the driveway, came up and they were talking. And <laughs> she's like, I have to do this with your daughter. You're here with me now. I know everything's going to be okay, but we're going to watch her do this. And my mom signed off and agreed. So after this all happened, I was really mad at her because I was like, how embarrassing is this? So the woman had a great Dane dog. <laughs> and I thought to myself, and I looked at this thing and I thought, that's a horse. It's literally standing taller than me. And you're asking me to walk this dog. I was scared of it. Okay. It's a big, like, it's a really big dog. And I remember thinking to myself, this dog could literally like, <laughs> the head was bigger than mine. And it walked me around the whole block. But I held on to the leash, didn't let go, and the dog knew where it was going, and it walked itself back up the driveway, and I just like, I was like, okay, I'm back, and 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 they all, they both were laughing, they were clapping, and she was like, okay, you're hired, you got the job. She, I go, did you really? And she goes, I didn't really think you needed to do that, but you did, and you have the job. <laughs> <laughs> so your first client was two pets. Two pets. Yeah. And, and then, then did that, you do that the whole way through high school? No. So um, I I did that. And then the, um, the baby was born. And so once the first child was born, she realized that she actually wanted help um, because not long after she was pregnant for a second child. And she realized, wait, Samantha's at this age where she could really help me out. So then I started babysitting for them. And that became so lucrative and I was making such good mon money that I actually gave money to my mom to help pay for bills. Like there were, I think, weeks that I did better than my mom did and I was getting cash under the table. Um, and so like when I think back, I mean, there was a, a time I think I babysat for two and a half hours and they handed me $60. And I that way back then, I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, and so I babysat for them and kind of was like a nanny. I would, if they wanted to take the kids down to the Bronx Zoo, she always invited me along. I was actually part of the family for, for many years. And that was up until age 16. And then her and my mom sat down again with me and said, okay, it's time for you to go get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I was really sad and I didn't want to leave them, but they were both adamant that it was time. So I said, okay. And so when you said you were a workaholic back then, do you, are you meaning like you would even, you were seeking out more babysitting and you would skip mm -hmm. things that your friends were doing to do more babysitting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't really have friends um, during those years. It was, it was just me and my mom. I was doing like a lot of stuff to help them out. I mean, I had friends, but I, I would spend more time just working just to, to help pay the bills, get the things that I wanted. And um, it was really, you know, propelled me that when I turned 18, that I was really on my own when I turned 18. And I was, I, I had an apartment and I had, I mean, my mom, I mean, it was like really strange. I had friends that were um, my age or even older still living at home. And here I was paying for my own car insurance, my own car payment, um, gas, and the things that I wanted to do. 
it was crazy. And a lot of times the adversity like that turns you into the person you are now having that work ethic behind you that a lot of other people that have a silver spoon in their mouth or don't have to work for anything all of a sudden when they're thrown to the wolves, can't really handle it and can't handle the pressure. So, um, mm -hmm. in a weird way, it may have helped you out hopefully. Um, so after college then, so then you went to the college in Albany, um, did you do anything entrepreneurial in college or were you just focusing on your studies then? Oh, yeah, I definitely was. I was working uh, when I first started there. I was uh, working. Well, I had already left a law firm, so I was working in restaurants. I started working in restaurants and then I excelled in restaurants. I did sort of a stage um, sort of um, training um, stage, meaning working for free while you're being trained to be like an underling. And I did that for the bartender that was at the restaurant. Um, that was leaving. So I was a bartender um, at a fam little family restaurant. And then I took all of the shifts and then it, then it grew into being like the lead bartender. And I just had always everywhere I went, no matter where it was that I worked, I always excelled uh, very quickly. I always was very, um, I mean, they said they needed someone to cover on a shift, raise my hand. Um, I was always the first one to jump in and help out whenever anything was needed and always said yes, uh, which could be a detriment too. <laughs> but that's probably where the workaholic came from was that it was just all I had ever known. And it wasn't that I intentionally had set out to be the best. I just positioned myself to be the best without even knowing it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, why? That's more money. What do you mean? Nobody else is volunteering. Yeah, I'll do it. That's more. You're going to pay me more money. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have nothing going on. Let's I'll take the hours, whatever you want. Yeah. So from the, how'd you get from the restaurant work and deciding not to do journalism because of the Iraq war to real estate now? So I became licensed in 2008. I was in the middle of, uh, I just bought a house in 2007 and in the height of the market and i didn't even realize it uh i was working full-time um i was doing um hospitality management for the company that i had helped grow and grew tremendously uh and i was thinking of my future and thinking about how i've seen a lot of uh realtors come into this fancy fine dining establishment that i was working at and seeing how um, elegantly they were dressed and what they were, how often they were able to come in and how much money that they must have been making, right? It appeared that they did very well. And I thought to myself, geez, I would love an, a career where I'm making what I am now because I did very well then. I was making a six figure income for this company and helping groom staff and, and training and helping build that that company that I thought, oh my gosh, I, but if I didn't have to work so hard and I could work the hours that I chose and I could go out to dinner, which I had not done my entire life. I mean, if I went out to dinner, it was on a Sunday or Monday night and how many restaurants do you know are open those nights, right? Like I didn't have a life for 20 something years that most people had. I, I was thinking about how can I spend holidays with my family and not be so stressed because I'm overworked or overtired. And how am I going to not miss those birthdays, those important engagements, those important events. And every time my friends would want to get together, I always had to say, no, I was working. And I thought to myself, how am I going to have a family even? How am I going to be able to raise children? And how am I going to be able to do all this if I'm working these crazy hours? And um, so I looked at real estate and I talked to different agents that I'd come in and the person that I ended up buying a house with was who I ended up training with. And um, she was like, oh, you'd be great. And, you know, that was a whole um, other experience for me was um, having these people come in and I didn't understand. And the 
real estate world, especially back then, it was a lot about recruitment and everyone was looking for new talent hard. And I had never experienced that before. And, and being that I had such a great position with a lot of wealthy people coming into a restaurant where a lot of like, basically what we know as lead gen, where we look for people, people were coming in to me. That was a great data source, data bank source for me, a database source for me was working in that that position. So a lot of people were, were looking to have me join them. And, you know, she, she, I was like, well, I bought my house through her, which wasn't the greatest experience. And then I had, um, and I, when I say greatest experience, I mean, I also felt really green. I didn't know all the things I felt like I didn't know enough that I didn't know if I was being taken care of or not, or not. Like I wanted to change it so that the roles were reversed and I knew more than I did. And so when I, got into it, I was like, oh, wow. Like it was very eye-opening. I went to the school and once I got licensed and I was learning things was when I realized it was a bigger world out there. So, um, so then I ended up leaving from being with her. I ended up going to, cause she was a very small, um, she had just broke off from a larger brokerage and was starting up on her own by herself. I went somewhere that actually had training and could train me and help move me along. And um, it took about three or four brokerages actually to actually find my home. And um, for anyone who's like, geez, you know, starting over that many times, it's a lot. Well, it was something I was used to. You heard me say I moved about 24 times. It really, it, it, for me, it was more like, this is just, it's not the right fit. And thank you so much for the opportunity, but I need to move on, you know? Um, but I will say that that's really what it boiled down to me for me was um, getting back a quality of life, getting a quality of life that I never experienced and being able to spend it with whom I wanted and how I wanted. Yeah, it's got to be the number one reason of people becoming real estate agents is the freedom and being able to choose what you do and when you do it and all that. And we do work hard for our clients. Let's not get yes. that twisted. Some crazy yes. stuff that no other profession does, yeah, uh, but it is all worth do. it. Yeah. <laughs> so we do some crazy stuff still, but it is on our, if we wanted to say, nope, I'm going to this thing, we can do it because we work for ourselves. So it is, it is nice. And the barrier to entry is lower than some others. Um, so you had your license since 2008 and you are up in Albany and we'll start talking about your place now. And I'm going to bring yeah. the map in and I'm going to do something that I haven't done yet, but oh, I just cool. realized that Google gives me this little summary on the side, yeah. um, handy dandy, and I can tell people. So currently in Albany, New York, it is 57 degrees and sunny, and I'll read the quick facts here. Albany is the capital city of New York State. Downtown's huge Empire State Plaza has reflecting pools, an art-filled underground shopping concourse, and the Egg, a striking performing arts center. The plaza is bookended by the 1800s New York State Capitol and the New York State Museum, focusing on natural and cultural history. The Albany Institute of History and Art is famed for its Hudson River School paintings. And then you can learn more and there's some handy dandy things. And a lot of the pictures I can see are uh, of the Capitol. So you must have a good Capitol. I don't know. Harrisburg, I think, was voted like the best Capitol building. So tell me a little bit about the Capitol complex here before I talk about where it's located. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's actually, um, it's really unique. There's one tower that's taller than the rest. And then the other three, three towers are about the same height. And then uh, the egg that was mentioned is actually an egg shaped building. 
Uh, it also looks more like a saucer, um, like a flying spaceship. And it protrudes into the sky looking like a spaceship. And it's actually a theater, which is really, really cool. That picture that you just popped up there, that's the New York State Museum. Yep, that right there, um, which is right behind, like attached to the same concourse. So um, the whole concourse has underground tunnel where the shops and things that you were just talking about connects all of these buildings. So you can get to everything from underground um, or above on the street. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. I want to hear about that mm -hmm. in a little bit um, when we get to the local travel and everything, because that's not very common. Haven't heard about that anywhere else. So I'll zoom <laughs> out here for anybody on the planet watching because we're reaching all humans now. Um, here's yeah. our, our globe. We're United States here. Disregard all my favorite places. Uh, most of these are realtors in my reef realtor network. You can see Taylor up here in Alberta, yada, yada. So you can Love see it. the pin here, which is where Sam is. And you can see New York is obviously on the northeastern section of the United States. And where is it in relation to the state? So New York City is way down as south mm -hmm. as you could go in the state for the most part. And then mm -hmm. you are mid-state, I Midway. guess, actually, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. we're mid-east. We're about three hours, about two and a half hours north of New York City, about three hours south of Montreal. We're about three hours uh, west of Boston and um, a couple other cities that are known in New York are Rochester and Buffalo. Um, both are about five hours away uh, to and they're off way off to the west where the, the lakes are, the Great Lakes. And um, so it's a very vast state. Um, it's very, very large. And um, where I am, um, I'd say you said it was 57 degrees today, which actually is kind of a heat wave. This week is a, a little warmer <laughs> than usual. Uh, last week we were just uh, waking up to like 28 degrees, uh, which it was about this morning too. And, uh, and so typically right now we would probably see like 45, 50. Um, so it's definitely getting cooler. Uh, I think like latitude wise, like some of Canada we're even with. <laughs> Um, so it gets very, very cold in the winter and uh, it can get equally very, very hot in the summer. Um, we can have heat waves here in, in the 90s to 100s and uh, in the winter we could be below zero, especially with the wind chill factor. And do you a lot of snow? We can get a lot of snow. We had a couple of snowstorms last year, one which uh, the first one was like two and a half feet of snow. Um, we can get anywhere from six to eight inches on average. And uh, a couple of the whopping like whopper snowstorms could be 24 to 48 inches. Yeah. And obviously you're ready for all that. You have the salting trucks, the plows, all that stuff. Are mm -hmm. they generally pretty good about clearing the roads? Yeah, I'd say in the rural areas, it's probably definitely a lot more challenging, especially in the hilltop mountains and in those areas. But uh, for most part, all the cities um, have snow emergency. Where I live in Albany, we have snow, snow emergency where you park on one side and um, then on the other so that they clear um, all the snow. And it's actually really interesting. There's this very cool, uh, it's a two machine sort of contraption new to the city where it's like, shooting snow into the back of dump trucks and then they haul that off and like dump it into the river which is really the hudson river which is really interesting 
Yeah, extra work, I guess, but it does keep the big piles away from the stacking up and everything, which used to be my favorite to put tunnels through. Thank God none of those ever caved in, but we used to make some crazy <laughs> tunnels inside some of that stuff. Um, so That's you do funny. get the four seasons, um, you get the snow, mm -hmm. you get some pretty hot days because you're, you're a little bit north than us, but I'm sure you're getting those 90s and maybe even 100 uh, days maybe there. Uh, mm -hmm. What's the landscape like? Is it mountainous up there? Yeah, there's actually a few different mountain ranges. So here in Albany County, we have uh, 23 summits, and then um, they're on a smaller scale. The larger mountain ranges that we have in New York State, um, south of Albany is the Catskill Mountains. That's what separates New York City and Albany. The Catskill Mountains are south of us. So you'll hear a lot of people talking from um, New York City coming up to them to Catskills for like winter season for skiing and whatnot. And then above Albany in between um, Albany and say like Lake George, uh, where Lake George is, which people compare Lake George to a mini Lake Tahoe because it's very, very beautiful, uh, is the Adirondack Mountains. And there's actually, um, if you're a 46er, and I know you like to hike, um, a 46er is someone who climbs all 46 peaks, uh, the high peaks in the Adirondack Mountains. Huh. Is that something you could Google and get the list pretty easily? Mm -hmm. Yep, you should be able to. That sounds to. fun. Have yeah. you done any? Uh, no, actually, <laughs> I haven't. But however, someone on my team is- uh, You're really looking for cool. hobbies, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I know you really love to hike. And I, like, if I was going to make a joke like, oh, is one of yours hiking? Because every morning you're hiking, I know. Um, or doing some sort of like climbing or rock climbing, things like that. You would really love the the 46 peaks because it, it is really, really pretty. Um, you can see, you know, four or five different states from some of those peaks. Um, and they're not as high as say, like, I'm not sure the Appalachian Trail, I'm, I'm sure it's comparative um, as far as like when it comes to height, it might be very similar to the Appalachian Trail, which I think you're familiar with. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not like the Rockies. It probably varies a lot, I guess. It goes in Maine. I don't even know how high it gets. In Pennsylvania, not very high. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. yeah, so, okay. And and do are you in a valley at all? Or is it, because we're kind of in a valley here. So when it gets cloudy, it stays cloudy. Actually, we're cloudy. A lot of the times, that's probably the number one con of this area is the overcast. And when it comes, it just sits here. Uh, mm -hmm. We get like 70 days of pure sunshine a year or something like that. Um, so what's it like up there? We're as far surrounded. as like overcast? Yeah, it's, you know, what's interesting. It's, we don't experience things like that here nothing stays because it's being trapped by the mountains or anything like that we're not we're sort of on a very even and then we're and then outskirts or mountains right and so it doesn't feel like we're in a valley like the mohawk valley isn't far and that feels like when things are happening there you can see that but where i am it's really not like that here Nice. Do you have uh, so guests yesterday or the, not yesterday, whenever it was, um, called their weather bipolar? Do you have bipolar weather like in Florida where it's it could be sunny and something comes through, pours, and then it's sunny again? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yep. It can huh. be like that. must that. be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's different. I mean, it's funny because in certain parts, I'm sure, with the country, like there are areas where it's like very consistent and it just stays the same where in some parts um like fall for us like we're in fall right now um it could be 28 degrees this morning and like right now it's 57 degrees 
So we have a very hard time, like, how do you dress for this change in weather? And, you know, so you layer up in the fall and then um, in the winter, you're basically frozen. So you're layered up constantly. <laughs> yeah, you layer up in the morning and then you start shedding them as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. And then it gets dark at like 4.30 p.m. And you put start yes. putting the layers back on again and everything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what's the commute like? You mentioned uh, this underground thing. Is that involved in commuting or is that just kind of attaching some buildings together? Yeah, that's just attaching some buildings together. So being the capital of New York, that's actually where, um, so those buildings and that structure was built for the state employees. Uh, so all of their offices are in the towers. And then when they created the underground concourse, it was for all of them to go shop, have lunch, walk and get exercise, see something pretty outside with the pools, which it is really pretty, the reflecting pools and some stat- um, statues and architecture. Um, are outside and um, the uh, commute is, it's so funny because, you know, here in our area, we have a few major highways, not that many, but there could be high traffic high of peak times, right? It's, um, you know, uh, early evening and the, the rush into the state capital for all those state employees. A lot of them work where I actually went to high school. So a lot of them are coming from the north and heading down into that area to go for work. So you do get congestion, but I have to giggle because it's like, what are you stuck in traffic for? Maybe five, 10 minutes. Like you're really not stuck in traffic for very long, unless there's an accident, honestly, an accident or construction. It's really not that long. And when I hear people complain, I'm like, well, you must not have never drove in the city because in New York city, like that's real traffic. Like, so <laughs> I do find that a lot of us here are sort of, sort of in a bubble. Um, a lot of people aren't, um, haven't explored and haven't traveled. Right. So like, they don't know what it's like. So I think those are the ones that are saying, oh, this is traffic, this is traffic, but really they haven't seen any traffic before. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. It sounds similar to here and we're actually, a lot of similarities, I guess. We're also the state capital. So you could live in the kind of country area where I live, cows, farms, soybeans and corn and beef. (laughs) And then it takes 20 to 30 minutes to get to from any of those kind of rural areas down to downtown Harrisburg or or anywhere. Do you have uh, toll roads at all? We do. And we just we just uh, switched over. So there's no need to stop anymore. Everyone either has easy pass, um, must have easy pass really to travel on those roads because they got rid of all of the booths and it's basically electrical. So as long as you're uh, scanned from up above, you're good to go. And do you have a switch? Do you have a, an express lane or no switch? Mm-mm, not yet. Same guest. Uh, they have a switch. They've got one of those express lanes, like in the middle that only goes one direction, one time. Yep. Where you have to have four people to be able to whatever. And there's a switch on there. Yes. Easy pass. Oh, and then I've cool. had guests that they don't even know what an easy pass was, which I yeah. thought was everywhere. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like I remember going into um, Virginia and being in like the DC area and they definitely had like the Super 8 highway right there where um, they actually switched two lanes um, in some parts of it, which is really cool. But that's like yeah, a, it's that's a, good a idea. lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great <laughs> it idea. It keeps it all LA efficient. It. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have any? I would guess they would have I don't or they're know. working I, on it. Yeah, I've just seen some really long traffic pictures there thinking, do they have that? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't, just for that reason, I would never live there unless I didn't have to drive or add a helicopter. 
something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is there last question about commuting is, um, is there uh, public transportation, bus system, any trains, any of that kind of stuff, subway? Yes, absolutely. Yep. So we do have, uh, we do have a, um, public, um, CDTA is our, um, uh, bus. So we have CDTA for bus public transportation. And we also have, uh, Amtrak, which is the, um, uh, rail system that goes from, um, areas in in the state down to New York City. Huh. Amtrak. So we have Amtrak here. So you could probably take a train from Harrisburg all the way to, I know you could go to New York City. So you'd probably end up going to New York City and then go yep. up to Albany. That could be a fun yep. trip. Although I said to somebody yeah. else, I looked, I was going somewhere for a trip and I looked at train just thinking like, maybe it'd be really cheap and it could be fun. And it costs more than the flight. I think it ended up being, I think the bus <laughs> was more expensive than a flight these days. So I was oh, like, wow. forget that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I mean, yeah, as cheap as flights are these days. Um, so what uh, you're in the capital. So obviously the state government um, employs mm -hmm. a lot of people and then oh, yes. other lobbying groups and law firms. Yes. And um, do you have any federal presence there? I know we have yeah. because the state capitals here. We also then have the federal courthouse and some other things that bring federal dollars as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have. Uh, um definitely Homeland Security and FBI. We have, uh, we have, uh, um, a lot of the state has places, not just in the city of Albany, but also on the outskirts of Albany, um, state offices. We have, let's see, um, probably our, our bigger, um, things are, um, the tech world. Like we are, like Guitar Hero, that company um, that was founded here in our area. Uh, we have definitely a lot of um, engineering, uh, RPI, Poly, um, Rensselaer Polytechnic uh, Institute is a huge engineering um, university. We have a lot of universities in this area, along with the one that I went to, um, UA, University of Albany is the largest state school. Um, we do have Albany Law. We have all Albany College of Pharmacy. We have uh, Albany Medical Center, which is also a teaching hospital. Um, and then uh, a, a lot of other colleges and universities as well, such as Sage, St. Rose. Um, and then with uh, companies, um, we've got Regeneron, which was helping develop uh, the vaccine, uh, one of the vaccines for um, COVID-19. Um, leading one of the fastest growing companies. Uh, they've been growing fast even before COVID, um, but they're one of the top five fastest growing companies in our area and also one of the best places to work. Everyone seems to rave about it and really love it. Uh, we also have Global Foundries, which is a, was a big chip plant. Um, so we're like the um, Silicon Valley for New York in this area, it seems. Um, we have let me think many other um big companies seem to be landing here commerce hub we have uh let me think a lot of uh, just a lot of engineering people who are developing things to better people's lives so 
Yeah, again, a lot of similarities to here. There's a lot of different things because the state government brings kind of everything there. You have mm -hmm. the, you, the the universities and the college. You got that check mark. You got the medical stuff, huge medical system, and then all the support stuff for that, and that's growing everywhere. Um, you have the growing tech thing, which everybody at every every show, everybody's saying their tech is growing. So that must be a universal thing. Um, and maybe you're a little bit bigger there, being in New York and being the tech hub of New York. Um, so you're you're working with everything any uh military we do we have a uh we do have a base in um schenectady it's an air force base that we have it's a, on a smaller scale and then we also have the waterville arsenal which is heavily guarded it's actually where a lot of the weaponry is built um a lot of people don't realize um that it's it's actually when uh, federally when it's looked at it's actually one, probably one of the most protected spaces in new york state uh and it's actually really close right in the middle in the heart of uh waterfleet city which is a very small city here in in our area and uh i'm trying to think um i think that's about it but there are um we're not far from like um in south the south is the uh one of the larger um i think army I'm trying to think of the name i can't think of it right now but New York some State kind of base it. or something well it's like a it's like a a big school i forget what it's called but it's down in i think rockland county okay so. yeah we have a army war college here in carlisle and i i didn't know it was that big of a deal but people come from all over the world apparently to learn from yeah. this war college probably something similar i would imagine um yeah, I think so, so what probably. can you do you obviously have you have big trees you have hills and woods and hiking and all that stuff so you have all the outdoors stuff um what about like festivals and brew fests and first fridays and oh, thursdays yeah. and all that kind of stuff tell me a little oh, bit about that scene yeah, so the city of Albany, we'll start there. Um, the city of Albany, we have um, First Friday um, of every month. It's where the art artists and um, restaurants can uh, put stuff out into the street and um, the vendors ha have things out on the streets so you can visit. Um, the city of Troy, which is part of our capital region, um, they have a beautiful farmer's market every Sunday where every, uh, it's the, better of all the farmers markets. Um, it's rated number one for our area. Um, they probably have about 50 to 60 different vendors and uh, it's really, really beautiful. Um, and then in the city of Albany, we also have some fun type of events. We have Lark Fest where the street on Lark Street shuts down. There's bands on either end of the street playing live music all day and um, there's different vendors that come out and food purveyors. There's um, the Santa Speedo race, which is actually really famous. It helps bring um, awareness and raises money for the LGBTQ community. Um, so it's a Santa Speedo where you literally can wear nothing but a Speedo and dress up as Santa Claus with the whole beard and everything. And you're running in the middle of the freezing cold winter um, down the street. It's pretty awesome. It's a lot of fun. Um, in Washington Park, there's uh, every... It's actually really famous. We've had a lot of people come to our area um, just for our tulip festival. Um, there's probably hundreds of thousands of tulips um, that are planted in the beginning of spring, and then they come up for Mother's Day. And so it's an annual tradition for everyone to come to Washington Park, just a block from where I live, 
to view those tulips. And then when the season is over, you can come by and for free pick those bulbs. Um, they will put them in a bag for you so you can take them home with you. It's really pretty. I was going to um, say, don't they come back every year? They don't have to plant them. But if you're taking them, I guess they would yeah. have to plant them again then. So and it gives everybody yeah, an activity to every, do, right? Exactly. They plant them every year, and it's a very strategic um, section of uh, the park where there's monuments. And so they put um, – different types of tulips all around and it's really pretty how they do bloom and how they come up um and uh and it, it's just a, a beautiful event it's, a, it's an all uh weekend mother's day weekend festival with fans and purveyors and people come through and it's just really really pretty we've had people from um, all the surrounding states drive here for it because it's there's just so many tulips Perfect for Mother's and, Day too, and perfect like uh, fodder for so everybody wants that shot with the field. We have yeah. sunflower seed fields here, and as soon as it's yeah, sunflower, oh. everybody's got the big yellow <laughs> picture in the farm standing in it. That's oh, funny. It's pretty, yeah. And then what yeah. about um, if you wanted to go see like a big concert, like Justin Bieber or some kind of big oh, act? Yeah. Is there something close by? Yeah. So where I live in Albany, we have the Times Union Center. It's actually. Um, the name of it will change because every three years the contract's up. So it was the Knickerbocker Arena, it was the Pepsi Arena, and it was now it's the Times Union Center. So um, that is where our indoor um, sports um, and entertainment would be held for us locally. Um, it seats up to, I want to say, up to um, 20,000. Um, not quite sure of the actual number, but it's, it's not very big. Um, obviously if you want to go for a big, big concert, Madison square garden in New York city is a, you know, you hop on the train and head down. But, uh, in the summer, one of my place, favorite places to go for, um, music is an outdoor amphitheater called SPAC, Saratoga performing arts center. It's very similar to like Tanglewood. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tanglewood, but that's also, it's in Massachusetts. It's very similar. Um, but also, um, the Xfinity Center in Connecticut is also an outdoor um, music venue. So it's very similar to what that looks like. And it's just one of my favorite places to go. It's very intimate. Um, there's covered seating, but then you can be on the lawn and enjoy the concert as well. Um, it's a really beautiful place to, to listen to music or, you know, have live music. I feel you on that. I'd rather go to a theater. I will not go to a stadium by rule unless i'm in the golden circle right up front which doesn't appeal to me much either um yeah. but yeah i will not that's for the birds i'll watch it when it comes on hbo or i'll see it in the theater when they're on their way down or on their way up <laughs> is my jam in the nice yeah. comfy seats in with like a thousand <laughs> well, or a couple thousand people yeah i had really great tickets though for um lady gaga at the metlife stadium so we were really close up front that's the only way to really do it but you've got to spend a lot of money for them <laughs> yeah totally especially these days it's crazy what they cost especially if you're taking a whole family but anyway we'll keep moving on uh before we move to what you get for the money there tell everybody where they were if you had to fly somewhere what airport are you going to is there an albany airport or what yes albany international airport and uh it has uh one two three gates at the moment <laughs> so it's not very big um, but they are growing. It is actually expanding. Um, our area does seem to be uh, steadily increasing our new housing market construction. Um, there just seems to be, they just keep building. So um, we do 
have an airport right in Albany. And then there are smaller airports nearby, but that's our that's the one you would fly in and out of. Nice. We have one maybe slightly bigger than yours at this point in time, but and it, I love flying out of there if it's possible. And if you're going somewhere like Florida or some high traffic place, usually there is a flight and I'll take that all day. But sometimes we have to drive to New York or Baltimore or some other place to fly to. So I feel you on that. And then we have also those little hobby airports, I call them, that have private jets, maybe the little Cessnas, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't, I've never ridden in a helicopter yet. Maybe mm -hmm. next meetup we could do that. That would be fun. Yeah. My friend actually does fly. She's amazing. Um, she does have her own helicopter company. So um, she's down in Middleburg. Oh, I would maybe drive just to do that. Make a trip. Stop <laughs> in the woods somewhere too on my yeah. way. So you touched on it a little bit. There's still construction happening where you are. So um, talk about that a little bit. Is the market pretty steady still, pretty crazy, still need inventory? We still need inventory, absolutely. Um, I am seeing that absorption rate is still pretty high, so it's still a seller's market here. Um, finding that, um, especially if you're looking for something too specific, it it's, it's a waiting game, and then jump as soon as you see it. So um, the unique properties priced well um, are going pretty quickly. And anything that shows really nicely online and is priced appropriately also goes very quickly and still in multiple offer situations. And we do have hot markets where our, our hot markets in the area are definitely school district district driven, meaning that, you know, if they want to keep their kids in a certain school and they need to upgrade, then they're going to stay in that school district. That That's more desirable for them. Um, and... Um, let's see what we get for your money. So the average sale price in our market is about 250000 uh, but the average four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath, two-car garage home goes for about three fifty or more here. Uh, so I would say that like 250000 being our average price point might get you like a cute little cape home with, uh, with a garage and like maybe less than an acre. Um, and yeah, it's about yeah. All right. again, you, very you, similar to here because 300 is the number I'm quoting as kind of like the the entry level to the white picket fence dream home for 300 ish. You're, you can get a two story. You can maybe add the you got a second car garage. You're on 0.25 acres, probably no big land or anything. It's half decent inside. Mm -hmm. Used to be able to get that little ranch with a carport for mm -hmm. like 200, maybe even 175. But now that's 250 ish just to get into one of those um so sounds yeah. like similar kind of market similar kind of pricing uh what mm -hmm. if somebody had say two million dollars to spend what can you get for for the the in the luxury market in the luxury market i would say you could get uh five thousand square feet or more and obviously uh it would be something with views. So whether it be water on water or near water or uh, here in Albany, it would be, uh, we have an area uh, where the homes are very old, but very well taken care of. So a lot of history and charm. So you could probably get something like a Tudor or uh, a uh, old sort of Victorian home that's been rehabbed and redone and with a little bit of land. And then that's in the Albany area. Saratoga market is a little bit north of where I went to high school. That's also part of our market in the capital region. 
and two million could also get you a penthouse uh, right in Saratoga Springs, and two million could also get you a wonderful um, like horse farm, newer style home with a little bit of land. Awesome. So you got your pick pretty much of everything you could spend your money on and you're not locked into one thing. Some places I ask and it's pretty much, oh, you could get an apartment <laughs> or just, yeah. that's what all you could have. We don't even have woods or anything. So you could have uh, this kind of house or you could have an apartment. So I like having all mm -hmm. those choices and, and something for everybody. Um, are mm -hmm. there any HOAs anywhere? I'm assuming like mm -hmm. the older stuff, there's not HOAs like here. And then most of the newer stuff might have HOAs, but is it like Florida where it's gated and like lots of amenities mm -hmm. and that kind of thing? So there are gated communities that do have an HOA. There's a few, not too many. Um, and then some of the non-gated communities are also HOA just to keep up the grounds. And then most of our HOA that you'll that you'll find would be like a condominium building, something similar to what I live in. Uh, we have an HOA for the common areas and any upkeep of the building, any sort of special assessments. If we want to add something um, that helps better the lives of the community in the HOA, um, the way it works, 51% of the community has to vote on it and say yes and agree to it. Gotcha. So similar everywhere. And any any gauge on like fee? Because I know down there, again, I was referenced like Carolinas and Florida, people coming from there, if I tell them a fee is 100 bucks a month, that's like nothing to them because um, yeah, they're nothing. coming from like 300, <laughs> 500. So here, an average mm -hmm. HOA fee is like 80 bucks. I'm asking questions if it's below that and maybe up to like 150 above that. I'm asking questions, asking questions no matter what. But um, so what, what are you looking at there is maybe an average-ish? Yeah, in my community. So in where I live, there are um, three large con larger condominium buildings and the average price is anywhere from 350 up to 750 a month because that's the apartment the style condominium mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and for a single family residence those hoas can be anywhere from about 300 to 500 yes um oh wow okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that is so, something to keep in mind because that that mm -hmm. affects your loan how much you can get a loan for Mm -hmm. And those are the homes that are starting like minimum 600,000. Um, and then the other communities and other subdivisions that do have HOA, they might be 150 to 200 uh, based on um, could be for homes that are between three and five hundred thousand. Okay. Nice. And if anybody wants to learn more, they can obviously reach out to you. And there's a lot yeah. more to know about what you can get for your money and different areas yeah. you should be in, in the country or the city or somewhere in mm -hmm. between. Um, oh, yeah. I prefer somewhere. I like to live close to the stuff I like to do because I don't want to own the stuff I like to do. I just want to live close to the stuff and not have to take care of it. So I like to be close to the woods, but if you like to be close to the city, she can help you there. Also, um, our last question before we close out has nothing to do with real estate or anything else. Um, if you could do anything else, what would you do? I would definitely get yoga certified and I'd become a yoga instructor. Uh, I find that yoga is very therapeutic. Uh, and I would spend a lot of time with people and communities in need. So uh, anyone that is um, seeking um, refuge from an addiction 
or children. I would love to bring yoga into the schools, in the school districts, and even the impoverished schools because, uh, unfortunately, we we all know that in sometimes school is a safe haven um, from home for those children. And so, I love to not only be in a yoga instructor and help all people um, who are willing to pay for my services take a course and take class, but also help in the nonprofit world as well. Yeah, and help them build tools to to cope for the rest of their lives and tools that they can use um, and use forever. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, did you ever do uh, paddleboard yoga? Uh, so, no. Um, the first time, the, the only time that I tried uh, paddleboard was just a paddleboard, and it was an incredibly windy day, and I stayed basically in the same spot because we were going against the wind. Um, in order to go where everybody else was down uh, up the stream and then to the lake, I shouldn't say stream, it was a lake, um, in order to go where all, everyone seemed to be having the most fun, uh, it took a lot of work. So it was an insane amount of uh, working out to try to relax. <laughs> <laughs> you need an anchor. I always wondered that. I always see, I've never done it either, but I see uh, at places I go on vacation, uh, paddleboard yoga is always a thing. And I'm thinking, so do you use an anchor somehow? Because everybody's going to yeah. be floating away from each other or at the yeah. mercy of whatever especially if you're in a bay or an ocean because it seems to be at the beachy places where i see the ads all the time but anyway yeah. uh read all your stuff aloud here for anybody that might be listening later and can't see it on the screen tell them where sure. they can find you oh i love phone calls video texts and text messages to myself 518-209-7539 and you can email me at samantha s-a-m-a-n-t-h-a at peak realty ny for new york.com and uh, if you want to get explorative, you can also text heart of Albany, no spaces to five, nine, five, five, nine. Oh, snap. I'll, uh, I'll have to add that in the description later <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll do it to see what happens when you do that. Yeah. A little uh, teaser for everybody. So hit her <laughs> up. And if you need to move to Albany, you can hit me up to uh, buy or sell a house here and then I'll hook you up with Samantha. Or if you just want to visit up there, Realtors are always the best tour guides everywhere. Um, hit me up. You can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. We still need inventory in November 2021. I keep forgetting people might be watching this later. So um, that's November 2021. Still crazy. Hopefully not later if you're watching this. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. And say goodbye, Samantha.